Well, if you have your Bible, I'm going to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 for tonight. We are continuing our series called Disciple, what it means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ, a true disciple. So turn to Luke chapter 6 in your Bibles. If you're just hopping in on this series with us, let me catch you up to speed just a little bit. A couple of weeks ago, we started in the book of John, um, in John chapter 13. Now, the main purpose of this series is to answer the question, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? And I want us to be able to internalize that question, am I a true disciple? Because you might label yourself as a Christian, or you might say, yeah, I'm Christian, or I grew up in a Christian household, my parents are Christian, I grew up in church, I even grew up in Cornerstone, so I'm Christian. And it has become as we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks, um, as you know, in our American society, in our American, cult, in our American culture, it's very easy to label yourself or hide under the label as Christian. Uh, there's little ramification if someone asks you, what's your religion or what do you believe? And you say, I'm Christian. Um, but it's a, a different thing and holds much more weight. There's much more significance behind the term disciple because up until the point up until about Acts chapter 11, you don't even see the word Christian in the Bible. Um, Jesus never refers to his followers as Christians. Uh, his followers, they never referred to themselves as Christians. The term was always disciple. And being a disciple, if you were to say, yeah, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, that would be very awkward to say. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm a, a follower of Jesus. That holds a little bit more weight, means a little bit much more and so what I want us to do is I want us to, you know, being a disciple and Christian, those, those terms, um, you know, they, they truly are synonymous, but just because of our, our, our westernized mindsets, the term Christian just can be loosely thrown out there, and it doesn't mean as much these days. But a true Christian, meaning belonging to Christ, is a disciple of Christ. So what does that phrase mean to be a disciple I want us to be able to internalize and ask ourselves that question, hopefully to produce the answer, either, yeah, I am a true disciple of Jesus Christ, or I've been hiding under the label or just identifying myself as a Christian, but I, I haven't been a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And a true Christian is a true disciple. And so we were in John chapter 13. Uh, my goal through this series is to, uh, for us to identify different marks of a disciple. And then you look at these different marks and you say, okay, uh, as we search these different marks of what it means to be a true disciple, do these marks also mark my life? So the first mark of a disciple was to love others. This is the question you know, we're asking ourselves. What should mark us as disciples? And the first mark we saw in John chapter 13 was love for others. Love for others. Because Jesus said in John chapter 13, if you truly are my disciples, you will love one another. But here's the key, as I have loved you. So we looked at, well, what does it mean to love one another? And Jesus said, well, loving one another means that you will love others as I have loved you. Well, then how did Jesus love? And our culture will tell you that you love others by accepting my behavior. If you love me, you'll accept my behavior. If you love me, you'll accept my lifestyle. If you love me, you'll accept my choices, irregardless if uh, they are sinful choices or not. If you love me, you'll just let me be me. 
Okay, that was not the love that Jesus was speaking about. We see all throughout the New Testament, uh, Jesus loved by telling people the truth even when it hurt. So do you love people by speaking the truth in love even though that truth might hurt? Do you compassionately and graciously confront your brother or sister in Christ when you see them going in error? Um, That was one of the ways Jesus loved. Obviously, Jesus is our perfect standard. He is perfect. And so, yeah, he was able to call out people on all their mess. I'm not saying go out and call out people on all their mess. But if you love someone, if you have good relationship with them and you see them walking in error, graciously come alongside them. Hey, I love you. I see that you've been doing this or this has been a habit or a pattern in your life. I love you. I'm not judging you. I just want to come alongside you because I love you and this isn't what's best for you. And, and have that conversation with them if that, if that is needed. So love and uh, compassion also has to do with confronting sin in your own life first and then also in your friend's life if needed. Jesus loved by serving. Do you serve people? Jesus loved by praying for others. Do you pray for other people? Jesus loved by uh, overwhelming people with grace. Do you show people grace day in and day out? If they offend you, are you gracious enough to not take too much offense? If someone does wrong or sins or messes up, are you eager to be frustrated with them and upset with them? Or are you eager to show them love, come alongside them with grace and not condemn them or judge them? Because we all mess up. And Jesus was that perfect standard, but he overwhelmed people with grace. The sinners, the prostitutes, the tax collectors. He overwhelmed them with His grace. Do you love like Jesus loves? Do you overwhelm people with grace? I want us to be a ministry that loves each other, that builds each other up, that encourages one another, that tells the truth even when it hurts. That's the mark of a disciple, to love others. The second mark of a disciple, we studied this last week, was supreme devotion to Jesus. This was an interesting subject because in the first week, Jesus says, love other people. Then in the second week, last week's study, we said that Jesus said, if you are truly my, here's our word, disciple, you will hate your family. You will hate your mom. You will hate your dad. You will hate your brother, your sister, your wife, your kids. If you're truly my disciple, you will hate your family and you will even hate your own life. What in the world are you talking about, Jesus? We're supposed to love other people, but we're also supposed to hate other people, especially our own family? We talked what that meant uh, was Jesus often used extreme uh, figurative language to communicate serious principles. You see it all throughout the New Testament. This is just the intro for tonight, so I'm not going to go into those other examples. We talked about that last week. But Jesus, in a sense, he was not saying, I want you to actually hate your family, hate your mom, your dad. But what he was calling us to was the second mark of a disciple, supreme devotion to him. Jesus was, in a sense, saying, I want your total devotion, your allegiance, your love, so much so that in a comparative sense, your love for me, your devotion to me, your time and energy and effort to me would far outweigh your love for anything or anyone else. He was talking about this in the comparative sense. I, you, you love me, you, you, you're so devoted to me, So much so that in a comparative sense, it would even be like you despised your own family. That's how much you loved me. That's how much you were devoted to me. So when we talk about a disciple, the mark of a disciple is supreme devotion to our Lord Jesus. What other things, what other places, what other people 
in your life have you set up as idols where you have given that person or that place or that substance or that thing your time, your energy, your devotion, all of your thoughts are so consumed with that person, that place, that thing, that worry. Jesus says, listen, above all else, above the good relationships, above the good goals and the good ambitions and the good things in life that God has given you that he blesses you with, I want your supreme devotion. I want your love for me, your loyalty to me to far outweigh any earthly love that you have for other people or other things. He's calling you to supreme devotion. He's calling me, he's calling us for supreme devotion to him. So as we talked about last week, are you supremely devoted to the Lord? Or have you just become a Christian and added Jesus to your life? Okay, yeah, I I believe in Jesus. I believe some facts about Jesus. I believe that he died. I believe that he rose again. I believe in Jesus, so I'm just going to add Jesus to my already messed up life and have Jesus walk with me. That's not a disciple. True devotion to Jesus, true love for Jesus Christ, a true Christian, a true disciple doesn't add Jesus to his or her messy life and then hope just to become a better person. A true disciple says, Jesus, take over. Take over. I give you my life. I surrender my life. I surrender my life to your love. I surrender my life to the cross. Uh, Paul says in Galatians, it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Have you just asked Jesus to come in and fill you and to take over your life, giving him supreme devotion? That's a mark of a disciple. That was last week's Bible study. We're going to talk about the third mark of a disciple in this week's Bible study. I hope you're there in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, we're just going to read two verses here. Luke chapter 6, verse 39. And this is Jesus speaking. And he says, Luke chapter 6, verse 39, And he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a ditch? Verse 40, here's our word. A disciple, circle that word, highlight that word. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. I'll read that again. Verse 40, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Let's pray and let's dig this out together. God, what an awesome thing it is to gather tonight to learn from your word. I'm just already just so fired up about Um, what you are going to speak to us tonight, God. Um, Minister to our hearts, God. Open up our hearts. Soften our hearts to hear from you, Lord. We want to be your followers. We want to be your disciples, Lord. So speak to us through your word tonight. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Here in Luke chapter 6, we find the third mark of a disciple, and it's this. These are the questions. Sorry, I'm going out of my own slides. These are the questions we asked last week. My compromising biblical standards. I'm not going to read these slides. Shouldn't have been in here. Those are the questions we talked about last week to help us understand, am I a true, true disciple? Here's our third mark, total submission to Jesus. Total submission to Jesus. This is what this verse talks about here. 
When Jesus says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. He's talking about total submission. If you're a disciple, are you totally submitted to me? Are you totally submitted to my process? Do you totally trust me with your life, with your relationships, with your job, with your work, with your family? Total submission to Jesus. I want you in this verse to circle or highlight, if you have a pen or pencil or something, or maybe you're reading from your phones, if you, if you can highlight or circle these phrases. I want you to circle or highlight these. This phrase first, a disciple is, circle this one, not above, not above. And then he says, his teacher, but everyone who is, I want you to circle this word, perfectly trained, perfectly trained. And then thirdly, will be like, will be like, circle that word, that phrase, will be like his teacher. There's, within these phrases for tonight, I just want to simply highlight some key ingredients of what it means to be a disciple. So, not above, perfectly trained, and then will be like. So, here's what we find is within the ingredients of what it means to be a disciple. A disciple submits, a disciple trains, and a disciple emulates. Submits, trains, and emulates. Submits, trains, and emulates. First with submit. So Jesus says here, a disciple is not above his teacher. So just so we're all clear here, uh, Jesus is our teacher. We are the students. Jesus is our teacher. We are the students. And when he says here, Jesus speaking, a disciple is not above his teacher. What is he talking about? He's talking about submission. First ingredient, a disciple submits. Jesus is our teacher. We are his students. A a student uh, does not give advice to his or her teacher. Uh, You guys know this. Uh, Many of you guys went to school. Uh, Most of you did. Homeschool counts, okay? Um, You had a teacher. It was either mom or dad um, or maybe an older brother. I don't know. That would be weird. But um, a disciple submits and a student in the classroom, uh, a student doesn't give advice to his or her teacher. Uh, in elementary school, in high school, if you went to college, um, anyone who I knew who tried to give advice to his, his or her teacher, um, it didn't go so well for them. Uh, you, don't, you don't give advice to your teacher. Everyone knows that. It's not something that we have to be taught. Well, sometimes it is because some people talk back to their teacher and try to give advice and it's one of those things that just doesn't go well. Everyone knows. Yeah, you're the teacher. I'm the student. You're here to teach. I'm here to learn. I'm not here to give advice. And I know throughout my own prayer life, throughout my own walk with with the Lord, uh, oftentimes I try to give advice to God. Lord, um, my friend, he just keeps hurting and offending and Lord just I advise you, graciously, Lord, convict him. Um, Send fire upon him. Um, Hailstones upon him. Um, Whatever, whatever the Old Testament prophet spoke. You know, when I get when I get really intimate in prayer, Lord, I start speaking like in the King KJV, King James version. My Lord, gracious Father, hither thee unto me, my prayer requests, Lord. Send fire and hailstones upon them, and I just start to get so stoic, and I try to give advice to the Lord, Lord. Do this, Lord, do that, Lord, do this. And then the Lord graciously humbles me and he says, Listen, I'm the teacher, you're the student. I'm going to take care of everything. Present your requests to me. Send your, your cares to me. I care for you. But the Lord has to often teach us in, the prayer, in your prayer life. Prayer life is not to advise God what he should or should not do. God is the teacher, we are the students. 
Stop telling God what he should or shouldn't be doing. He's God. He's our teacher. We submit to him. But often we express our will to God, hoping he would submit to our will. So first things first, it's, it's really simple. A disciple is not above his teacher. The main goal of being a disciple is to learn from Jesus, to look like Jesus, uh, to act like him, to talk like him, to walk like, walk like him, to love like him. Learn from him. Don't advise God. That's the first thing. A disciple submits. Secondly, a disciple trains. A disciple trains. Now, what's the purpose of training? The purpose of training is to get to point number three, to emulate. The purpose of training is to look like Jesus. The purpose of training is to look like your teacher. Um, The verse here says, everyone who is perfectly trained, perfectly trained. So that phrase perfectly trained is actually one Greek word. It's the Greek word katartizo, katartizo, perfectly trained Greek word katartizo. And it literally means that Greek word means to mend or to uh, heal something that was broken, um, to strengthen. So think of it in these terms. Uh, the purpose you, um, the reason you go to the gym um, when training um, your, your physical body, when training your muscles, um, something awesome about um, the, the body and the way the Lord designed us is that our muscles, when we train our muscles, when we attempt to become stronger, when we want our muscles to grow, the muscle fibers actually first, before they grow, they have to tear apart. So muscle fibers, in order to grow, your muscle fibers actually uh, elongate and tear apart and then through rest they heal mend and then they're able to accommodate more weight that you place upon your muscle thus they grow so the same thing happens here when jesus says if you want to be my disciple you first have to submit then you have to train you have to train and that greek word to mend something that is broken or to tear apart something that is broken to strengthen. It's talking about this process that the Lord does in our lives and does in our hearts. Listen, becoming a disciple is a process. Being a true disciple, a true follower of Jesus Christ, it's a process. And what that process looks like is a tearing apart, healing, and growing stronger. So oftentimes, what the Lord will do in our lives in order for us to completely grow, to be perfected, to be complete, to become whole, to become mature, to become strong, is He will tear apart, He will work out those things in our lives that do not please Him, that are not honoring to Him. And as we, as the Lord does His tearing work in our spiritual muscles, we begin to then heal and grow more mature in him. Do you see how this works? So becoming a disciple is not just this immediate, you know, it starts with a submission. It starts with a desire to be all in, but discipleship under the training of the Lord, it's a lifelong process. And it's a lifelong process of the Lord just continuously working out those things of our lives that do not honor him, that do not emulate him, that do not please him, so that then he can tear those things out of our lives. He can draw those things out of our lives so that we notice, okay, Lord, that that didn't please you. That didn't honor you. Then we begin to heal. We begin to mend. We begin to grow in the Lord. The same process that that we undergo when it comes to physical training, physically training our muscles is the same way the Lord has designed spiritual training to look like and to be like. A continual just working out those things in your life. So if, if you notice that in your life where you're just... You're, you're in God's word, you're in prayer, you're growing closer to him. And then the Lord just brings up those things in your life. 
hey, that, that, that didn't please me. That, that wasn't honoring to me. Uh, the way you handled that situation or this habit in your life. And the Lord is bringing those things to your mind. Uh, look at that as a sign of maturity because the Lord is attempting to grow you, to tear apart, to uh, bre- break those spiritual muscles so that you can, okay, Lord, thanks for bringing that to my mind. Thank you for growing me. Thank you for bringing that sin to mind so that I can confess it, give it to you, and then you can continue to mature me and grow me. This is the process of a disciple. I don't want you to think for a moment that becoming a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, is just an instantaneous thing. It's a growing process where we have to just continually surrender and submit to the Lord's process uh, be a student of his, train, but that training is going to look like how we physically train. It's, it's tearing apart, tearing out, God working out those things in our lives that we need to give over to him. But it starts with submission. You won't be able to properly train until you submit yourself to God's process. And then through submission and through training, you'll begin to look like Jesus. So these points... Submit, train, and emulate. They're in order. Because you can't emulate until you train. And you can't train unless you submit. Same thing if you've ever been to the gym and you try to follow a workout program. And your goal is, I'm going to, you know, essentially we all see someone with just a great physique. And we want to emulate that person. We want to look like that person that we saw in the magazine or on the gram. And you're like, okay, that's my goal. I want to look like that person. And then... In order to emulate that person, we, we, go, we go to the gym, we train. But in order to train, we first have to pick out a program or pick out a diet or something that we feel like will work for us, and then we have to submit to that process. Because you can train all you want, but if it's not consistent and you're not submitting to that program, uh, the, everyone knows that consistency is what leads to uh, you emulating your, your role model. And so you have to first submit to the process and then consistently train and then you will reach that goal of emulating. So spiritually speaking, we want to submit to the Lord and His process. We want to give our lives over to Him. We want to train. We want to be in our Bibles. What does training look like? It's, it's getting in the Word. It's picking out and digging out Scripture. It's uh, fellowshipping with other believers, staying uh, close with other believers who can encourage us and build us up. But it's, it's getting into God's Word It's spending time with Him. It's training our spiritual muscles. And then the goal is, Jesus says here, everyone who is perfectly trained will look like or be like His teacher. A disciple emulates. A disciple emulates. You will begin to look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, love like Jesus. But we all know that this training, it's uncomfortable. I mean, training is uncomfortable. Training is hard. Training is exhausting. Training is painful. It's tiresome. But in the end, you will be stronger for it. Um, To be honest with you, uh, as much as I love the fall season, as much as I love all the things that the fall season brings, like, you know, football, um, just sweaters, um, Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, um, just good old blankets and being warm, uh, I actually despise the cold. Um, Okay. Wow. Bless you. Peace be upon you, children. I'm surprised you applauded for that because I I thought I was actually going to be the only one. And I know that some of you actually like the cold. You like the cool weather. You woke up to this crisp morning and you were like, oh, fall is upon us. I walked out and I just was like, curse you. 
you cold weather. I, I actually, I love the heat. And I, the hotter, the better, honestly. And you can be praying for me in this way because I'm, I'm weird like this. And so maybe, maybe some of you, you're, you're weird like me. But I love, especially like after a Sunday when, you know, I've been here at church and then last service rolls around. It's about one o'clock. And this is, so we're talking July. We're talking a good 90 degree day. Um, and I walk out and my car windows have been rolled up and I, I get into my car. Oh my goodness. I'm in heaven. I love just to sit in the hot car with all the windows rolled up. Is anybody with me? Okay. Yes. Yes. Two people, three people. I don't know what it is, but I, I just feel like I'm back in the mother's womb. I, I just, that was a weird image. That was a weird image, I know. But I, I, I came late. So I, I, was, I was a couple weeks late, my mother tells me, because I just did not want to come out. I just loved being all cuddled up and, and cozy in the womb. And when I, when I get back in that hot car, it brings me back to the womb, baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's pray. No, I'm kidding. So I just love, I just love a, hot, a hot car. Where, where, was I, where was I going with this? So, yes, I remember now. So, when it, comes, when it comes to the sun, okay, come on back, come on back now. When it comes to the sun, you, you can't help but be affected by the heat of summer, by, by the sun. Most people, if you're, if you're weird, you don't like to spend much time in the sun. If you're like me, you just could be in a hot car in the sun all day long. But most people, most normal people I know, they, they don't like to stay in the sun, stay in the heat. They like just to pass by. You don't mind just going outside, passing through the heat, as long as you know that air conditioning will be there uh, at your next destination. The same way we treat the S-U-N, we also treat the S-O-N, the Son, the Son of, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. A lot of people, Christians, people who say that they are followers of Christ, they just like to pass through when it comes to Jesus. I just like to pass through, open up my Bible once a month. I just like to pass through, send a prayer up there to the big man. I just like to pass through and spend some time with Jesus when it fits my schedule or when it meets a need, when I'm desperate. If you put yourself under the heat of the sun, the S-U-N, you cannot help but be affected by its power. You sweat, you get sunburn, uh, you just... It's a hot mess. You know what I'm saying? That same, uh, that same um, concept, you can't help but be affected by the power of the S-U-N the longer you stay under its presence. You cannot help but be affected by the presence of God the longer and the more you spend time with Him, the longer you're in His Word, the more time you spend in prayer, the more time you spend in His Word. Because the natural result, the natural byproduct of continually just spending time under the presence of God will then bring you to that place where you look like Jesus, you talk like Jesus, you act like Jesus, you look like Jesus. Not because you just pass through, not because you just pass by, but because you consistently and continually placed yourself under the presence and under the impact of the presence and the fullness and the power of God. And that is what a true disciple is, and that's what a true disciple has to do. And if you continually place yourself under the heat of Scripture, under the heat of God's presence, under the heat of submission to prayer, you will then naturally begin to look like Jesus and talk like Jesus and love like Jesus. 
It is more difficult to look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, act like Jesus, love like Jesus, to emulate Jesus Christ when you just pass through. You have to consistently just place yourself under the presence of God and His power and His light and His magnificence and His awesomeness will just naturally play such an effect in your life where you come out of your prayer closet, you come out of your, that time with the Lord, and you're just, you have the mind of Christ. You have the love of God. You have love for other people. You, you're able to love others like Jesus loved. You're able to be devoted to Him and loyal to Him and, and have your allegiance to Him. You're able to submit to the Lord and His will because you're just spending time with Him. You're spending time with Him. A, a constant question to be asking yourself. You know, and again, it would be easy for me just to present like a set of rules, like here's some things you shouldn't do and here's some things you should do. But the caution with that and the danger in that is you just start trying to strive to follow a set of legalistic rules and your relationship with God becomes more of a set of rules than it does a heart after the Lord. So I don't want to set before you a list of rules, but what I want to ask you, like I did last week, is just a couple of questions. The question you must be constantly asking yourself, continually asking yourself, is one simple question does this reflect Christ in me? Does this action properly reflect Christ? Does this place where I go, where I'm hanging out, does that properly reflect Christ in me? Um, The way I speak to other people, the language I use, does that properly reflect Christ? Um, The places I go, the the people I hang out with, um, those atmospheres and those environments those things I do, do, do those things, do those places, those actions, those words, those hangout spots, it falls under the umbrella of the same question, does that properly reflect Christ in me? If the answer to that is no, then you should strongly reconsider where you go, how you speak, what you do. If the answer is that place where, where I hang out, Would Jesus hang out there? Does that properly reflect Christ in me? I don't think it does. Don't hang out there. The language I use, would Jesus be pleased with me speaking like that, talking like that? Does that properly reflect Christ in me? If the answer is no, then don't speak like that. So the question we constantly, continually have to be asking ourselves is, does this properly represent Christ? Because the goal is to emulate Christ. The goal is to submit, train, train, and then look like Christ. So if our ambition and our goal is to look like Jesus, what question then can we be asking ourselves? Does this look like Jesus? Does this action, this language, this place, does this look like Jesus or properly reflect Jesus in me? So this is the question we constantly have to be asking ourselves. A true disciple, a true disciple's goal is to emulate his teacher. We are the student. Jesus is our teacher. But as a true disciple of Jesus, do you love other people like Jesus loved? Are you supremely devoted to him? And then are you totally submitted to the Lord? And this is what submission looks like. Submit to the process. Train. Through the word, through prayer. With the goal of emulating Jesus Christ. I hope that's your goal. I hope that's your ambition, your desire. We're not perfect. Um, Training, perfectly trained. It comes through a process of God working things out in our lives. Uh, 
We're not perfect, but we have a perfect Savior that the Bible says that if you love Jesus, if you want to serve Jesus, if, if your goal is to live for Him, to commit your life to Him, to surrender to Him, to emulate Him, then you have to submit to Him. And I know a lot of Christians, they want to add Jesus to their life, but they don't want to submit. They don't want to submit to Him. They don't want to submit to His Word. They don't want to submit uh, to His law. But Jesus says that if you love me, you'll obey me, and my commands are not burdensome. And everything that Jesus has for us is what's best for us because He loves us. And I said this to you last week, and I'll end on this. The reason that we want to submit and train and emulate and be like our Savior Jesus Christ, the reason we want to obey Him, the reason we want to live for Him, to surrender our lives to Him, is because there is no one on this earth who loves you more than Jesus does. There is no one on this earth who wants what's best for you more than Jesus does. There is no one on this earth who has open arms willing to accept you as you are in your mess and in your sin more than Jesus does. And so why would you not want to submit and train and emulate the very person who loves you the most, who wants what's best for you, and has his arms wide open for you? Saying, come to me. I love you. I want to adopt you as my child. I want you to follow me. I have wonderful and beautiful things for you. But a true disciple submits. Are you willing to submit? It's a lifelong process. Continue to give yourself to the Lord. Let Him work out those things in your life so that you look more like Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we, we come before You tonight, God, and I pray that through Your Word tonight, God, that it would be encouraging to us. It would also be challenging to us, Lord. It would push us. It would convict us, God. We, we want to look more like your son, Jesus. We want to be a true disciple, Lord. And I pray that through your word, Lord, as we continue to study it, that you would, you would help us, Lord, to look more like your son, Jesus. We're so grateful that you are gracious with us, Lord, that we do not have to try on our own because you promised to come alongside us and fill us with your Holy Spirit to give us the strength we need, to give us the wisdom we need to look more like you. And so I pray that you would fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. I pray tonight that we would make tonight a night where we say, Lord, I submit to you. I've been running from you, God. I've been trying to do life on my own. I've been trying to do things on my own. I've been doing things, going places that I know don't honor you. My goal, Lord, is to submit to you because you love me and you, you know what's best for me. And so I pray that tonight, Lord, maybe it's just one person tonight. Maybe it's just one person tonight in this room who would say, that's me. I need to submit to the Lord. I haven't been. I've been going by my own rules. I've been doing my own thing. And it's brought me nothing. And so, God, I just come back and I just submit to you. Make me into the image of your son. Make me more like Jesus. Train me. Pull things out of me. Work things out of me, Lord, that don't honor and please you, Lord. I know it's a process, but I submit to you. I'm devoted to you. I want to surrender my life to you, Lord. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. I've crucified myself with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives within me. Help us, Lord. Come alongside us, God, and make us look more like your son, Jesus. 
May we leave this room not feeling more burdened, but feeling a burden lifted off of our shoulders because we know that we can place our burdens on you, that you desire to come alongside us and to carry us, to lift us, Lord, to walk with us, Lord. You promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And that also applies to us being disciples, Lord. You don't tell us to follow and then leave us in our own efforts to do that, Lord. You, you ask us to follow you and then you say, let me help you. Let me help you do that. So, Lord, I pray that we would submit, Lord, and that we would rely on your strength, rely on your love, rely on your spirit to look more like you, Lord, so that we then would be a light to this world who needs to know the love of Jesus Christ. We love you, God. We submit and surrender to you tonight, Lord. Continue to unite us as a group of young adults, Lord. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.